Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And welcome to the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Being brought to you from Bomb City, USA. Bomb City, USA. Cleveland. It's a show that talks about live fire stuff. Like ESPN covers the world of sports, this show covers the live fire industry in all forms and fashions. Even non-forms and fashions or the industry from time to time. Still to come on this show this evening, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. In about 12 or 13 minutes from now, we are live audibly on Clubhouse on a audio stream. We are on video streams currently, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. And on YouTube slash RD Rempy. RD, uh, YouTube having a very robust chat roll going on. So if you want to interact with some other fans, get over on the YouTube you can get an ad-free podcast feed experience through the Apple Podcast app, but that's the only way you listen to the show and you hate all the ads. Subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, and it's ad-free that way. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, and this is an abridged hype up, but you don't want to miss it. Look, John is the best at getting these shows down. Just when I think he has hit his stride, he pulls off episode 231, and I am continually reinvigorated for my love of the show with his love of the show because he's digging deeper than anybody is. I'm not going out on a limb to say nobody, nobody is a bigger fan or knows more minutia or more of the show, including me, than executive producer of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, John Solberg. Unbelievable. Coming up this Friday, you are going to hear me talk about bits that I pulled and played on the show from back in 2012, where a then unsexually scathed, is that right? Mario Batali going off on actors judging his food when he was on Iron Chef back on Food Network. Somehow that transitions to Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage which somehow transitions to Representative Mike Bost going off, or as the kids say, going ham on Illinois state government about a bill that was supposed to be voted on, and it was handed out moments before, like an hour was going to pass before he would have had to have voted on it, and he was pissed, to say the least. You'll get to hear all of that. Don't worry about it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed in order to get that. But notwithstanding that, we have some results to get to. Last 
week was month two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. And John and myself and Rusty Monson sang our hearts out. And after a week, almost week of voting, the results are in. However, if you missed the show last week and you don't know what we sounded like, here's how we sounded. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. I took my love and I took it down I climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection In the snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down That's what it sounded like a week ago. I still kind of crap my pants a little bit that we have a signed lead singer of a band sitting in and being our celebrity judge this season. That's a little mind-blowing for me. Anyway, most votes ever over the course of this week. And the lanes between one and two and three were separated by no more than 15 votes. From first to second to third, a large turnout, swells of me and Rusty to start, swells of John, which I expected, midweek and late last week, and then a rush over the weekend before the deadline closed Sunday at 11.59. Leaving us this week is none other than current champion John Solberg. Unbelievable. John, welcome in, and I'm surprised that we're having this conversation. I thought it might be you and me as a rematch of last year, but not to be. So your thoughts on uh, making it to the semifinals, which, of course, I don't think Doug has ever sniffed even the second round, maybe once in three years, but your thoughts on your performance last week and how we're booting you out this week. Hey, super excited to have made it this far. Super grateful for everyone who voted for me. Um, obviously, no one likes to lose. Uh, not much I can say about that. It was tough competition. You guys are great competitors. Uh, it was mine to lose this year, and I certainly have done that. So I've got to regroup, go out there, and and come back a little bit harder next year if I expect to continue on in this game. When you look at this nonsense we are doing, from year one to where we are now in year three. What are your thoughts? I'm asking Oklahoma Joe what his thoughts are when you saw a pellet cooker come out and what do you think about him now 30 years later, but three years or two years after the debut of American Idol and the singing and how we all thought it was really stupid and I'm forcing everybody to do this. What do you think about it now two years in with celebrity judges, the girls being the most ruthless they have ever been this season, and our production ability? Well, first of all, I think it's still really stupid because it's extremely difficult. I mean, you're, you're like you're like trying to make a pig fly with me. I'm not a bird. I'm a pig. I can't sing. So uh, I think it's extremely difficult. Um, it, it, I have learned a lot as far as mixing 
singing music. You know, I mix my spoken word. So it's still a big challenge. I think it's, it's still difficult. And uh, there's some great competition. I mean, you and Rusty can truly just sit down and sing. So the contest is definitely makes me more driven to improve, get better, try to try to sing, try to get better. So it's been a great learning experience, if nothing else. Do you think you would have gone back and done a different song last week, knowing what you know now, or you don't think it would matter? I think hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, it's it's. You know, that was a strategy that got me through last year to the end of picking songs that I was comfortable with and, and what I thought was in my wealth, and I thought that was a bit outside of it. <laughs> so probably not. Always got to go back to Rod Gray, you know, put your best food in the box, turn it in, the judges will take care of the rest. So I am confident that I put the best song I could in the box for last week and turned it in. You know, I, I'm, I'm no, no pride loss for me. I did the best I could with that song and turned it in. When you look at next month and the finals, just your speculation, who do you think comes out on top season three? It's a tough call, and it all just depends on how much time Rusty puts in front of the microphone. If Rusty puts a little bit of time in front of the microphone, he's going to give you some competition. But uh, early on, you know, you've got the edge on him because uh, you know you got a little bit of mixing skills and and you got a great voice and you can sing about a genre. So it's going to be tough. Do we know who came in first in this month? I'm sorry. I didn't pick up who was first and who was second. First, right. You, you are the guy to beat. It so, was, uh, um, I mean, there were literally 15 votes separating all the way down the stratus. So it was me and then 15 ahead of rusty 15 ahead of you. And, uh, you know, you have a unique ability to mobilize, your fan base and uh, i don't know if they just some of them took a little time off or just missed it or bad holiday weekend or whatever but i thought it would have been perhaps another boat race scenario but uh, it didn't happen to, to work out like that and uh, we'll see how it goes next month well i don't really have a fan base so i oh, don't have a social you do group. i don't have i have the, i have <laughs> well, the results to prove it i could go back to last month and we were boat raced through by wednesday it was already out of hand there was nobody it was it was a fight for second or third um so there there well, is some mobilization uh ability or there is some fan base uh that's carrying you so uh just make sure you chastise well, them accordingly now right that's grassroots you know they right. My people love me. I'll take the sympathy votes all day long. I'm coming back next year. I'm coming for you. Well, come for the winner. Don't come for me yet. <laughs> By the way, John, congratulations on episode 231. I listened to it today. It was amazing that you hear that and in, in, in your ear go, yeah, that's something that's got to be a best moment show. And I listened to the whole thing and I'm like, wow, that's completely amazing. Well, I appreciate the kind words even leading into this, but hopefully that's why you've put me in that chair. Absolutely. You know, to keep getting better. Every show I try to get better. You're only as good as your last show, so I try to go into that every single time. Think ahead, try to plan, try to make it good. I'm trying not just to phone it in so that those fans can get something entertaining. Hopefully go back and listen to the rest of that show. Sometimes it amazes me. I go, how did I even find that? Sometimes it's just luck. You know, but you just have to listen to a lot of shows and you go like, oh, 
you know, get the pen, drive it down the road, write that down, stop that, log that in. So it's, it is a lot of fun. It continues to make me a better cook. I continue to learn stuff listening to your shows every single week. Well, uh, we appreciate you putting those together every Friday, and we certainly appreciate your efforts here in Season 3 of American Isle Barbecue Central Show Edition. Short from repeating champion, but a semifinalist nonetheless, John Solberg. John, always appreciate you stopping by the show and doing everything that you do for the show. Certainly not underappreciated. It is uh, perhaps not even appreciated enough, even though I really try to appreciate it as much as possible. You're a valued member of the society and the show, and uh, we thank you. And good luck next year, John, and thank goodness we're not having to compete against you. Oh, my God. Thank you. There he is, John. Not repeating as champion this year, which I think for Rusty and I is a good thing. Now, Rusty and I have to work out the recorded duet or the produced duet, and then we have to come up with our live singing songs. And this is back to the regular length month, four weeks, and that's it. Not the extra bonus of fifth weeks like we are here in May. Ray Lampy is in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. I will let you know about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. Everything from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills, Big Papa's has something for you to become a better outdoor cook than you already are. Really? Yes. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition and backyard circuit. 13 perfectly balanced flavors transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. The owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, check out that one. Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the rubs and sauces, they're selling some of the very best charcoal pellet and wood cookers available today if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use check out that mac two-star general pellet cooker big papa smokers the exclusive mac dealer even offering special packages not a fan of pellet smokers not sure what you need call them 877-828-0727 that's 877-828-0727 or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com that's b-i-g-p-o-p-p-a smokers Com. We are back with Ray Lampy. Right after this, stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories. Whether you are a beginner or you're a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My next guest needs no introduction. He's appeared on this show in some form or fashion since 2006. He's an accomplished barbecue cook and author. 
appears on TV shows, The Pitch Man, The Brand Ambassador, Barbecue Hall of Famer, and Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer. He's also one of my favorite guys to talk about the live fire industry with. So let's go ahead and hit that Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills hotline. And welcome back, Dr. Barbecue, to the show. Hey, Ray. Hey, Greg. Good to see you, man. Always a pleasure. Great 2006. You. Can you believe it? I can't believe it's that long, no. Here's, hey, we don't look that old. Here's me and Ray in a podcast back in 2006, me about ready to deuce myself because I'm talking to Dr. Barbecue for the first time. Uh, so how did you get in? What? How did you get in the barbecue? What did you? <laughs> what were you doing back then? And uh, I mean, it was such an honor for me. And I mean, here we are, 16 years later, and the show the show certainly evolved. Thank God. And was I a, was I addicted first? No, time? I, I mean you were I'm much great. nicer as I'm getting old. You know, well, I'm, I'm not a dick anymore. No, uh, you were certainly gracious, and uh, it's a uh, your story is a great story. I could hear somebody interview about how you were in trucking and it was the family business and you were in Chicago and you know, the, was it Mike Royko or I think Royko is the last name, the rib yeah. contest and how that all started and sweet baby Ray's somehow thrown in the mix of that. And eventually you moved down to Florida. I mean, it's just a great story of getting out of one industry, deciding to go down to Florida and I'm going to make this barbecue thing happen. And you did, and you're still doing it. So that takes self-awareness that takes, uh, the self-awareness to say, I have to evolve. I can't be the same way I was 10 years ago. I can't be the same way I was 15 years ago. So as somebody who has really lived a barbecue lifestyle, uh, as I said, I could sit here and listen to anybody interview and have you tell that same story 20 times in a row. And it's always fascinating to me because it's a success story that continues on. And every year it seems to change a little bit, but by and large, it's the consistency of living it, putting in the work, being professional, and seeing the the rewards of your labor paying off. Well, thank you. Those are nice words. And some weeks I feel like I do tell that story 20 times and I don't mind telling it. You know, I'm happy to tell it again because it's my it's been my life. It, it's you know, it's it's funny uh to think like this. Sunday I turned 65 which is, you know, I mean, I don't care who you are. That's a milestone in your life. Sure. And, and, you know, we don't retire at 65. I certainly am not gonna, it's not part of the equation, but, but it is a milestone age. And, and you look back and you think, my God, man, you know, how did all of that happen? Because it really has been two completely unrelated careers. And, you know, you say barbecue, I've lived a barbecue life. You know, yes, I have, there's no question about it, but I say this about Chris Capel a lot, that it was just his widget. Chris was going to do that. It just wasn't barbecue seasoning happened to be the thing, you know, because Chris was that guy. He's he's just that entrepreneurial guy and creative. And, and you know, he was the first guy putting those crazy names on his rubs. And uh, I, I think that's more my story is that I was an entrepreneur. I just, you know, you think about my barbecue career. Okay, how did I, how did I make a living? Well, for a stretch there in the beginning, I was making a living selling food out of a truck. Wasn't that lucrative? Then I was like kind of walking around on the rib burner circuit a little bit. That wasn't very lucrative either. Then I got an opportunity to write a cookbook. And I was like, well, I, I never thought I knew how to do that. But okay, I, you know, that's how I paid my bills for 10 years, writing cookbooks. It was great. And then along came Big Green Egg. And I really wasn't a fan of that. And I never thought I'd be a backyard grill spokesman. And then that happened. And now these last five years, I'm making a living in the 
restaurant business. And it, it's really, you know, it's really amazing how I've rolled from one thing to the next. And, and uh, it, it, like I said, I tend to think it's more of an entrepreneur story. But I, I, I'd say this a lot. The guy, those of us that way back in the day, we thought we were going to be um, like NASCAR. Okay, I'm going to be the Miller Lite guy and you're going to be the Tide guy. And it didn't work out that way. It really didn't. You know, when you go to these cookoffs now, it looks like everybody's all sponsored up. But uh, ask me if they're paying, if that's really paying for your mortgage and your your rent. And, you know, I mean, I, I just don't think it worked out quite like we thought. What did happen was the guys who had the entrepreneurial set of balls figured it out. You know, I mean, Myron's a perfect example. Myron, yeah, Myron's famous for cooking barbecue, but is that really what made him what he is? Or is it just that he's this redneck guy who found his thing and and he knew how to run with it? And he knew how to manage the business of being Myron. That's what I always say. I think I knew how to manage the business of being me. Um, and somehow those things just fell in my lap. And, you know, like I could have said, no, I don't know how to write a book, but I needed the money. So I said, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to be good at it for a while. So it's, it's been a fun life. That's for darn sure. Yeah, it's a great story. And I, I love listening to it and love always uh, catching up with you here on this show too. So the folks, we're always getting new listeners. Maybe they're just new into the whole industry and, you know, you're a, a portion of, uh, it, it's great to be in, in this time because, a lot of what you would call the the old schoolers uh, or the guys that were really in it um, in the beginning when it really started to gain popularity. I mean, everybody's still around. Everybody's accessible, and we can you know talk about what it was like back then. But then we can also talk about what it's like now, and that's unique. It's not like it was two hundred years ago, and we can only read what Ray Lampy wrote on the you know the pages of books and then speculate on what he meant. I mean, we can just talk to you and do it. So that's the best part. Yeah, well, you know, you say that, but then again, there's, you know, if you, you go back to a certain level, okay, we go back to the days where the early competition days, when it really started to morph into what it is. And yeah, there are a lot of us around. I, Johnny Trigg said one day, Johnny, oh, probably 10, 15 years ago, we're talking about this. And again, we we saw it, what was happening in front of us. We weren't exactly sure how it was going to play out. And, and of course, I like to think that a handful of us were actually managing it too. But Johnny said, it's, I just, I'm bummed out that I'm so old and I'm not going to be here to really reap the rewards. And luckily Johnny has hung around and yeah. I think he certainly has reaped a whole lot of the good stuff and, and hopefully still does. I haven't seen him in a while, but, but you know, but Johnny and I could both tell you about people that were there when we started that aren't around anymore. And, and you know, so the, the, you always, it can always go back further than that, but, but yeah, we are in a, an interesting time. It's, you know, I, it's, it's really so cool to think about what is going to happen to this because it has blown up and we do have real sponsors now and we do have real brands that, that know who we are. I just had a, I do cameo, you know, what cameo yeah, of is. Course. So I'm on cameo and it's like, I jacked the price to 79 bucks and people quit hiring me at 49. <laughs> they I had, I had a bunch of work or 60 or whatever it was. Anyway, it's fine. Cause it's kind of a hassle, but it's fun to do and it. It's certainly good for your ego. Well, I get one out of left field, a business cameo to do. And I'm thinking this is kind of a, um, it's flawed because for this one, I'm going to get paid after all the fees and everything, $700. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of nice. I yeah. could do those on a regular basis. And it's basically the same thing. And it was camping world. And so it turned out it was internal. So it really was, it was kind of a weird script and I didn't understand it. And once I started talking to the guy, it was really just a rah, rah speech for their salespeople. But I thought that was really cool that, 
uh, they, somebody in camping world knew who I was well enough to think that I was worth 700 bucks. It cost them like nine or 10 to do it. And, uh, but to think that I was that big of a name in any world that I would be a motivational speaker worth a thousand dollar investment. I just thought that was really cool. And it, it just shows you how far it's come and gosh, where could it go? This is a great transition. When we talk about where it came from, uh, I learned, so at the end of April, I believe Ray Basso passes away, the founder of the Barbecue Forum. And this is another aspect of where things were, you know, 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, whatever it was, and, you know, see where it is today. The forum world isn't really hot anymore. I've, a couple exist. Uh, everybody's going to YouTube or just Googling. But, you know, back in the early 2000s, forums were the place to go and in this space there were none bigger it was maybe one of the first the barbecue forum so you know as you learn of race passing and then you start thinking about the barbecue forum when did you first find it and what was your activity on the barbecue forum <laughs> well yeah that's a loaded question but i so i was living in in chicago still in the trucking business in like 96 or so and my neighbor buys a computer she buys a gateway which you know back then we got you know gateway or dell was like what you bought you got the catalog and she buys this gateway and she's got she's telling me about the barbecue forum so i go over to her house and i look at it and of course she's got dial-up service and and the the actual software is in its infancy so it's almost impossible to read because it's so broken up but I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I, you know, I'd kind of been looking for an excuse to buy a computer anyway. I think a lot of us probably were in that boat back then, unless you, you, you know, I knew that there was a reason I needed one, but I didn't really know what that reason was. I, my business was running fine. I, I, my personal life was fine. I didn't need this thing, but I knew I better jump in. And so because of her showing me the barbecue for him, I ordered up a gateway and it came to my house in the giant cow boxes. Yeah. And I put it on my desk and got dial up service and started looking at the barbecue for him. And it was a few years old, I think at that point, but again, it was until about 2000, it was it was really not that functional. And, and again, nobody, most of us hadn't found it yet, but by about 2000, that's right when I moved to Florida and had a lot of extra time on my hands. And so, it, I mean, it was at that point, it was really becoming a thing. And it was this way for us to find each other, all the barbecue freaks to this day. You know, that's what's been the growth of crazy hobbies like barbecue is because we can all find each other on the Internet. You know, before I literally can tell you, I used to wait for the bullshit to show up and read it to see what was going on in the world of, mm -hmm. of KCBS. I mean, there was no other way to find out. I could call Carolyn once in a while to see what was going on, but literally it's, it was, I mean, it's not that long ago. So yeah, but I realized that the barbecue forum was a fun thing and that I could, you know, sort of, I don't know that I realized it quite as much as I, by being a smart ass and just, you know, constantly, you know, poking at people, I could make a big name for myself. And I always, I always joke about this because I, I don't like it when people do it to me now, but Paul Kirk, uh, you know, I poked at Paul, man, I, you know, I, I just called him every name in the book and, and told everybody <laughs> that he didn't win all those, those awards and everything. And frankly, it was kind of a mistake on his part to engage me because it made me a big, Paul was a bigger deal than me at that point. That's for sure. And by, by poking at Paul and, and hanging out on the forum and I used to make fun of the green egg guys and all of that. I mean, it was such a social life for us back then. Um, you know, and I, I knew Ray well, I went to Ray Basso's house and, um, 
Ray, Ray, I helped Ray a lot too. You know, we talked a lot. Ray was an interesting guy. You know, I think you talked to him as well. We would have these weird one-on-one conversations, but he really listened to a lot of that. And, and, uh, you know, Ray had a huge influence on what I, what I became because there was no other platform. You know, how else was I going to become Dr. Barbecue, the guy who could talk shit and cook barbecue and help people learn how to cook barbecue without the barbecue forum. So I, I, you know, I have a huge amount of indebtedness to Ray and what he did there. Is there a way to gauge the barbecue forum's impact on the landscape of barbecue back then and how big of an impact it's made as we sit here today? Well, I mean, there's no real way to gauge it except to, you know, talk to the people, how many people it influenced, how many people that we all know each other because of it. I guess we would have probably found each other at some point, you know, after that. But but I don't know. I don't know how that would have worked. I mean, it's certainly I, I don't know what could get credit for coming before it. For as far as networking, well, I guess it would have been the bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, what else would it have been? The, and I, I seriously, the National Barbecue Association way back in the day would send out a list of everybody's phone number and address. <laughs> so if you knew, if you wanted to talk to Sweet Baby Ray or or Myron or somebody, if you got that list and you gave them a phone call, as crazy as that sounds and old as it sounds, that that's probably what preceded it. So uh, I think the, the impact is unmatched. I don't know what, I guess we would have came along because if you know anything about Ray Basso, Ray did his own software. Ray didn't just, I mean, there was no WordPress and all that stuff back then. So Ray had to create that software. And the the Big Green Egg Forum, uh, a guy named Bill Miller wanted to have a Big Green Egg Forum. And this is before my involvement with any of them, but he called Ray and Ray Basso helped him set up the Big Green Egg Forum, which was a big part of the Big Green Egg uh, launching in its day and, and creating that whole quirky, you know, lifestyle of its own. So I, that's a whole nother layer of it. I, so I don't know how you could, you know, put a number on it, but man, there's nothing. You see when, when Ray passed, how many people were hanging around on Facebook and just talking about it and, and, you know, how much of an impact it had on all of us. Also one of the original creators of the, the barbecue hall of fame. Yeah, right. Uh, Ray and Mike Tucker. Um, Ray Ray always had the barbecue for him, and Mike was the like the lead sponsor back then. You know, Mike would if, if somebody had a cool idea, Mike would sponsor it, and and you know, I mean, we all returned the favor by by ordering stuff from him and helping his business. But Mike was such a supporter of anything that looked like it was going to be a positive thing. I, I haven't seen Mike in a long time, but I'm sure he's that same person just doing it somewhere else. So yeah, Ray and Mike had the idea as far as I know to do it and put it together. And I, and I, I, I told you this in secret this morning, I was like on the secret panel back, back in the day for the barbecue hall of fame. Cause I didn't really want to be, seemed to be campaigning. I mean, you know, I kind of knew that maybe I might end up in there someday and I didn't want to really be campaigning, but Mike knew that I knew a lot of people and I knew what was going on out there in the world. So I often was, uh, kind of, like I said, on the secret committee. Uh, Ray, we got about, uh, four minutes or so before we go to the first break here. So let's talk about the current barbecue hall of fame. Uh, as I had mentioned to Joe Davidson in the first hour, Four new members go in on the living side uh, last Wednesday. Joe Traeger, Leanne Whippen, John Marcus, and the fourth name that I'm Ed Mitchell uh, are all in. 
uh, your feelings on those four for the class of 2022? Well, I'm, I'm pretty biased on a couple of them. John and Leanne are really good friends of mine and both have, you know, I've been hanging out with both of them for a long time. So I'm really happy for those two in particular. Uh, Joe Traeger, gosh, I, I actually work for the same company as Joe. Now I haven't met Joe. I met his son. Haven't met him yet, but, uh, Joe, you know, he invented the pellet grill. I mean, with the explosion of pellet grills and and the way it's changed the industry, my gosh, how could he not be involved in that? And Ed Mitchell, Ed's Ed, you know, I don't know Ed, but I've been around a whole bunch of events and we have a whole bunch of mutual friends and he's a, obviously going to be a great representative of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So I'm really happy about that. I I, I told you, I don't know if I think, I think I told you off air, we, you and I were talking about when it first was launched, I thought there was a glaring one that people had forgotten to nominate in the past. And I, I thought it was a shoe and was Byron Chisholm and uh, Byron didn't get in. It's really kind of interesting to me that he didn't. But really, when you look at that list of nine every year, my God, man, it, it's, it's really hard because people want their favorite guy from their favorite lane of barbecue. There's so many different things that constitute this and everybody wants their favorite guy to get in the guy that they know that well, that's great. But, but man, there, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it. I can tell you, I'm on the committee that does it whittles it down to nine. There was, I think, 80 some nominations this year. All, most of them well-written. Uh, probably half of those people should be in the hall of fame and we had to whittle it down to nine and it's not simple, you know, and you, you need a full, a real interesting panel of people that know every corner of barbecue. And, and it's really, we have that right now. It's, it's, I'm really proud of it. I was looking at the, uh, the, whole list of inductees from 2012 or however far back it goes. And I can tell you, I feel good about the, uh, well, diversity, I guess is the right word, but, but we've, we've looked to every corner of the barbecue world. If you look at it early on, it was pretty much a KCBS kind of driven thing. And it's definitely not right now. We've got a couple of yeah. serious KCBSers in there this year, but it's not at all, man. It's, I'm really proud of the way it has gone. And, you know, there's no real way to decide what are the categories, what is the retirement age for Hall of Fame. It's just not that clear cut. So we we need this strong committee. And I can tell you that committee is it's really a lot of fun for me because it's a bunch of barbecue geeks and 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 they know what they're talking about in every, every you know, obscure names will come up and, and everybody in the room is like, oh, yeah, I knew that guy. You know, I hung out with him in 1980 <laughs> or something. It's amazing. So I, I'm really proud of what's happening. People I know don't understand. Everybody wants their guy in their lane to to get in the hall of fame every year and boy it's not that simple but when i look at the people that get in i'm proud of every one of them and i think they all deserve it ray lampy joining us here on the show ray we'll stop there and then we'll pick it in we'll dig into a little bit more of that minutiae here in just one second drbbq.com is website follow them on social at drbbq or at dr barbecue i'll talk to you about yoder smokers before we get back with ray yoder smokers Designs and builds all of their products right here in the States, building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built this company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fueled offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design 
is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Check them out today, yodersmokers.com. That's yodersmokers.com. We're back with more Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Priles, and Childs Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield fresh pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and is the trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home. That's smithfield.com, and we are rejoined by Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Ray, is there anyone you would have liked to see get in this year as well if you could have added one more person instead of four, if you got to pick one extra person off that list who was just off? Well, I mentioned Byron because Byron just seems like such an obvious choice and and deserving. You know, we uh, I I look at what have you done in the world of barbecue? Okay, you won a bunch of contests. That's great. What else you've done? And and when I look at Byron, Byron is talk about a guy with an entrepreneurial spirit. Byron has, you know, Byron first of all won every award. It's a great story. He told me about he won the American Royal Invitational and, and got drunk and went and woke up in the morning with a trophy in his bed at the hotel because he was so excited about winning it. I mean, Byron had an amazing <laughs> career as a competition guy, but Byron's also a trained chef. He went to the Culinary Institute of America. Byron created Butt Rub. I met him. He had just come out with it like 95 or something, and he didn't know much about cooking barbecue, but he was a nice guy and he hung around. And then he went and built this whole company around it. Byron, look at his website it's not just that one product either he's got some other really good products they're dwarfed by by butt rub but byron and then byron has taken a bunch of his money and built this like barbecue playground in in tennessee where he hosts all the european teams for around the jack and i mean byron has done it byron's given a lot of money away to you know help causes and stuff uh, byron's a really well-rounded you know, businessman. And, and so I really, I was kind of surprised at that one, but I guess if I, if I would have picked one that should have got in, it would be Darren. Cause you know, Darren, I think probably gets forgotten because he's just still in the middle of a ass kicking career. You know, Darren, to me, Darren clearly belongs in the barbecue hall of fame and he'll get there. It's just a matter of time. Um, but I guess that to me, that's the the one that would probably stand out. Are we able to do a, a real insider's look at what's going on after the name nomination? You had given us a little bit of insight there before we went to the break, but you know, you get the list of nine. What's happening behind the scenes to assure people who might be suspect that things are not being done the right way or it's a solely popularity contest? Give us the integrity and the seriousness of all the names as they're being considered. 
Yeah, so the way it happens is there's a committee of I, I I don't know how many people it is. It's on the on the Barbecue Hall of Fame website. There's all the names are there, um, and we have a series of like four meetings. So the first one we have this just to kind of get everybody together and remember what we what we maybe refresh a little bit of what we had thought last year at the end and 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 you know what kind of new nominees there might be and and turns out there's like 80 some nominees this year which i I used to bitch at people all the time you nominate your people well they get nominated now there's a lot of nominees uh and again i i would tell you half of them off the top of my head will probably end up in the hall of fame this is a big list of quality people and so then we just have to we have our meeting and and we there's a, there's an informal part of the committee that sort of works on things like the uh, the new award, the impact award. You know, okay, what do what are we going to do with this? We we know that there's a huge influence from uh, the slaves that cooked barbecue. There's no misunderstanding there. So how do we do that? Do we do we make the slaves a, an inductee into the Barbecue Hall of Fame? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and we've got some experts on the subject, Adrian Miller on, on the committee. So we look to Adrian to help us with that one. How do we word this? And, and someone had the idea that, well, what if we created a new award that wasn't technically an induction into the Hall of Fame, but, but this fits better for something like that. And and so that's the kind of informal stuff we do. And then there was a discussion of, well, uh, could we put, you know, I, I don't think there's any any disagreement that there's a lot of people that need to get into Barbecue Hall of Fame. We're way behind in, in making this happen. So the discussion goes to, could we induct four members this year and three legacy members instead of two and three. And so we discuss it. And as a committee, we decide, you know, as long as there's a budget there for that, and there's no reason not to, that that's what we're going to do. Um, and so there's this, this, you know, sort of housekeeping is more what I would call it, but I can tell you as being part of that committee and, you know, Greg, this has been my life, man. I'm not just a competition cook. I've eaten in every barbecue restaurant I could find in the country. I've read every book. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I accidentally became a historian and like I said, it's this, this room full of nerds and it's really pretty great. So I, I feel so good about it because I don't know that there's a better way to do it than to put a bunch of people in the room. And so when they start talking about uh, a, a a black guy from South Carolina that was a descendant of slaves, and I'm making this up, but and his family then opened a barbecue restaurant and his wife, his daughter is still running it or whatever, you know, some story like that comes up. Well, it's a little out of my wheelhouse, but it's not out of the wheelhouse of half the people on the committee. It's really amazing how, how deep this goes. And so, you know, we all sort of give and take, you know, if it's not on my terms i can tell you one i went to bat for this year strongly and and i think i got a lot of response was karen putnam karen i, I knew karen karen was one of the original people back in the day helping us uh karen personally helped me with my barbecue competition cooking and was really nice to me and carolyn was karen was a a badass chef in mm-hmm. in kansas city the way i know the story she was paul kirk's boss um, and, and Paul, when, when they were doing team Kansas city that won the first Jack, Karen was the lead of that team. Yep. That's my understanding of it. Now I could be wrong. I'm not going to, I wasn't there, but, uh, 
Karen Putnam is, is a rock star in our world. And, you know, you always got to remember in Kansas City, so in Cleveland now, if you go to a hotel, nice hotel with a culinary program, they might be cooking some barbecue. You got on 4th Street, Michael Simon's barbecue restaurant. That wasn't the case in Cleveland 30 years ago. There might have been a barbecue restaurant, but it wasn't on 4th Street, that's for sure. No doubt. Um, in Kansas City, it was. You know, Karen was the, was the chef when I knew her at one of the big uh, casinos. And barbecue was a regular thing on their menu because it's Kansas Kansas City. So, so, so there was this cross for me, it was new when I first encountered her and, and Paul as well, that they were chefs and they were barbecue people. And, um, so I, to me, Karen Putnam was just a rock star in our world and, and was kind of, that's one of those people that could have gotten forgotten. And, uh, I went to bat for her and gave him my story. And of course there was a, some well-written nominations. And so Karen ends up being inducted. And I think that's really a good one. Now, is that everybody's favorite? Is it? Is she? Does anybody in the internet know who Karen Putnam even is? Um, you know, is she more worthy than some of our more contemporary nominees? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You know, but but I think she is, and I think we we look at everybody in every corner of the barbecue world, and and again, it makes people mad because it may not be in their lane, it may not be their friend, it may not be the big name. But there was a barbecue world before we had Facebook and, and Twitter, and, you know, we, we need to consider that as well. Uh, Ray, I had mentioned last week on the show that the Hall of Fame has changed so much from what it was originally thought of or intended to be that perhaps there could end up being a potential image issue that the Hall of Fame has to contend with trying to accommodate all of the live fire industry you can leave a certain sector of folks feeling neglected or left out this year as you were talking about the people wanting to see the people in their specific lanes get in. Is that a legitimate concern that you are talking about like you and the, the names committee talk about or are you good with where the vision and the ship steering is going right now and that's just a mere bump in the road that you're going to be able to, to overcome as long as you continue to roll with the vision that you have? Um, I don't know that we've considered that. I, I know that there is a feeling among the committee that in the past there have been some less than stellar performances um, by the committee that, you know, we used to all complain that it was really no one knew what was going on. There was no clarity. There was no, you know, openness to it at all. And um I think that was a problem. Now, I mean, it, it's definitely, I don't know that there's a better way to do it. Like I just described, there's this this committee of people. And one of the things we also talk about every year, do we need to add some people to this? Is there somebody that would really be a good fit to this committee? We don't need to make it bigger, but we can. Uh, last year, we added Kathleen Purvis, who's a really interesting culinary historian, and Amy Mills. Um, pretty two very different people. They know each other, but two very different people and uh, come from different places. So I, I tend to think, I don't know that there's a better way to do it now. You know, when you think about the, what they did in some of the early days, they had the categories. Okay, we're going to have one competition guy. I don't remember exactly what the three categories were, but, you know, it's going to be one industry person and one a uh, competition person and one restaurant person or whatever it was. And, and to me, that was just a, I never thought that was the right thing to do because it just confined the, the the thinking behind it. And there's so many lanes. It's one of those things. There's, you know, how many lanes is there? There's so many different ways you get to be a famous barbecue person. 
um, like yourself, <laughs> perfect example, you know, nobody, you know, like your commercials that nobody really, you know, you're not famous for cooking barbecue. It's kind of where you found us all, but, but that's not how you made your name in barbecue. That doesn't make you any less important. Ray Basso, Ray actually had a smoker, uh, guy named Mike Scrutzfield taught Ray how to cook way back in the day. Um, but, but that wasn't what made him who he was. That wasn't why he was part of the team. And then what about guys like me who did all these different things? So what category would you put me in? I actually got, I think I got inducted into the, the uh, celebrity, the celebrity category or yep. something one, didn't I? Yep. Um, which Paul Kirk was always making a big deal out of that because I didn't get inducted as a fit master. I asked you about um, that but, when you got in. I was like, would you have rather yeah. been inducted into into it as a pit master? So, I mean, I remember that. You know, that's a big deal for yeah, some I, Yeah, I actually forget. Well, but think about it. It's not anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's not a thing. Um, I, I certainly think I belonged in there. So, I, I at the moment, I think the best thing we could have is this group of people that, that uh, has come together that are – really experts. I can tell you by sitting in those meetings, if it was BS, I wouldn't be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't want to be part of that. If I didn't think it was right, I, I wouldn't be. And and I think everybody else is the same way. These are these are honorable people. You know what I mean? These are not like some schmucks that snuck in there. Now, what they were doing in the past, I don't know. Um, is there a better way? I Boy, I don't know. How could we possibly, we don't have a, do we make you retire? before you could be in the hall of fame well i'm not i'm not going to retire so i'm not going to retire so i can get in the hall of fame um maybe we cut it off at 50 years old i don't know i know guys that i didn't really start my barbecue career till i was 43 so you know it, it's just hard to to find a, a a finite way to do it so i tend to think for the moment anyway the uh just having this group of people that i feel really strong about and I, but trust me, I'll tell you today that I don't feel strong about that group of people, and I think they're making mistakes. So are we getting questioned? I don't know. We probably will because we're, I come out and talk about it. Emily comes out and talks about it. I don't know if Robert talks about it. Uh, Robert Moss, he's on the team, or Adrian. I don't know if they actually speak about it like I do. But, you know, we'll, we'll probably catch some flack because of that. And once again, the real reason is because your friend didn't get inducted. And I'm sorry if your friend didn't get inducted. He might have been my friend, too. But it's a pretty good way we do it. And then the voting is the actual Hall of Fame members right. and the committee gets the vote as well. Um, you know, how do you, what are you going to tell them they're wrong, that they shouldn't have <laughs> voted for that guy? You know, I mean, there's the one that comes up all the time is Bill Arnold. And Bill was my friend, too. And I I helped Bill in the early days of Blues Hog. We were, you know, I, I know the story. But he's been on, he was on the ballot for three years and he didn't get voted in. I, it's not my fault. I voted for him. So, it, it, you know, I, I think it's done right. I don't think it was a, anybody got together and said, let's not vote for Bill. There's just a bunch of great candidates that end up getting in, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I had COVID last week. I'm finally recovered. Um, did, you know, should Joe Traeger not be in there? I, of course he should. I, you know, I, how did he not get in his first year? It's kind of amazing. So I just think there's just such a backlog that we just can't win until we get them all in. And it's going to be a long time. Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, joining us here on the show. DRBBQ.com is his website. Uh, before I let you go, Ray, uh, somebody had mentioned that this the fifth, the fifth or bonus week of a month seems to be infomercial show. We had... Uh, Oklahoma Joe on a little bit earlier. We were talking about the new DLX pellet cooker. And uh, then we had the, the guy from uh, Next Grill on, Ramsey. Um, uh, uh, oh, boy. Why am I forgetting his uh, name? Uh, Ramsey from 
next grill and uh, uh he was talking about his it's a smart gas grill but then also it's got an air fryer attached to it i'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not and of course you're now you know a not new at this point but um outside of the brand everybody had associated you with for decades um you're with louisiana grills now so after you have some time underneath and you're playing around with all these different models what do you like about louisiana grills and what should we be looking for if we're in the market uh yeah i really like the grills it's funny you say that so you got joe davidson and myself out here hawking pellet grills i think that shows you where the industry's going because <laughs> i knew joe i met joe probably 30 years ago and he was building smokers out of yeah. out of pipe from the oil fields i mean that's you know that's really and joe is one of them guys people were starting to forget about and we got him in the hall of fame last year and i couldn't be happier about that because he's a character and he belongs in the middle of all this um uh, louisiana grills are really nice they are building the upscale so it's pit bosses the same company pit bosses are at walmart and lowe's and we're selling them at the, i was at the daytona 500 selling them in the parking lot um, and they're great. They're, you know, they're that level of pellet grill. And they wanted to build a nicer version. Now, now, Louisiana Grills is a brand they've used before. So it does get a little confusing for the moment. But they brought on a team of uh, of sales guys from around the country. And one of them is Lou West, who worked with Big Green Egg with me. And and there's guys from Traeger and Weber and, and, and every other grill company uh, that have sold grills over the years. And then they hired me to be the chef in the middle of it all, which was an accident. You know what I mean? They wasn't just a casual thing. They, they're, they're serious about this brand and they built some beautiful grills. The, the uh, legacy founders series are these uh, 1200 inch uh, square inch one and an 800 inch square inch one with a stainless lid double wall. It's got this sear situation that is unlike anybody else is doing we don't have an air fryer on the side but we do have a situation where you can slide over your deflector and grill a steak right over the fire and i'm telling you it works if you put a steak on that fire you better not walk away because it's going to sear it um they're, they're just beautiful i'm really happy to be involved with the company and and pellet grills are the thing you know uh, it's i'm really i'm happy to be part of that you know my that other company i used to work with we had a nice run we yeah. took that thing from the one that nobody knew what was going on with it to to a pretty pretty big deal and and we're kind of looking to do that again and i think we got the grills to make it happen ray lampy breaking it all down for us as he always does when he shows up you can visit him at drbbq.com follow him on social media he's active there as well ray always appreciate the time and we will do it again soon thanks greg good to see you you too that's Ray Lampy right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. DRBBQ.com, the website, and socially. He's still active, absolutely. And if you're in the market, check out those Louisiana grills too. Guy, is that enough for you? We've done three different brands this evening. How about that? Let me throw another one your way. Primo Grills, that's right. Maybe you're not a pellet fan at all. Maybe you want to do charcoal-driven. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel-efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. They can also get rip-roaring hot for the high-heat grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But we know what's missing, right? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is the very best way to cook and it's important to both professional and backyard cooks alike you can't get a two-zone fire in most ceramic cookers why because they're round 
And her Primo grills are game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. 60 different ways to configure this cooker, so only limited by your culinary imagination. Also, accessories. We love accessories. We, we want to spend all our money on a grill, then all of the rest of our monies on accessories. And here you can get a Primo Grill rotisserie that the owner, Nick Bauer, absolutely loves. He says chicken wings are second to none. And the Primo Grill rotisserie. How do you like pizza? Yeah, of course. They have a Primo Grill pizza accessory. Other accessories always on the come. How about rib racks, half drip pans, things like this? Just like Green Mountain Grills, Primo sold through dealers only. So go to primogrill.com, find a dealer near you, visit them, see all the various sizes that they have. Yes, they do make a round one, but we're saying get the oval, be a game changer, be a mold breaker. Best ceramics in the biz, patented technology, true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes. Primogrill.com for a dealer near you. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram as well and follow them both at each location. Nick, send me a Primo already. Let's go. Appreciate Nick and all the gang over there at Primo Grills. We wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket after World War II. The wristwatch came into vogue, and the pocket watch quickly became an afterthought, finding their way into sock drawers and scrap heaps, and that's a shame. And Vortic Watch Company helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and taking it to present day, where the wristwatch is finding incredible popularity again. The coolest part, each watch that Vortic makes unique, one of a kind. Nobody has one just like yours. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com. All right, let's go ahead and see if we can't get out of here on time this evening, because that would be some kind of miracle. All the way back in the first hour, who did we speak with? Let me go on recollection. Oh, well, of course. It's my man, Oklahoma Joe. Joe Davidson, the original creator of the Oklahoma Joe's brand, talking a little bit about the DLX pellet grill, of course. Then we talked with Ramsey Hallfield from Next Grill, nextgrill.com, the website, and that Nebo 720 Plus Smart Grill, Gas Grill, and Air Fryer, all in one. If you missed that, the podcast will be up here in just a little bit. And then the second hour, it was all Dr. Barbecue all the time, talking about the history of Ray Lampy, which I didn't outline for, but that's certainly great. We also talked about the Hall of Fame and the voting and everything that goes into that behind the scenes, pulling back the curtain as much as he's comfortable in doing. And that was quite a bit, by the way. And then lastly, talking a little bit about the Louisiana grills that he is now a chef for. So if you're in the market, check out all those grills that were mentioned this evening. But mostly all of the grills that sponsor me, We'll work on that next grill. Why not? Big show planned for you next week. It's the brand new month of June. So we're going to have How to Barbecue Ride. We're going to have Sam the Cooking Guy back in the country. Plus a host of other grills. Uh, grills. 
guests. It takes and fun and frivolity because it is the fun and frivolity show. How do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes. And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time.